What's up, you guys? Welcome to a very special Tatnus podcast today. Uh, today we're doing the Ask Me Anything show, and you guys, man, from all over the place have been sending in crazy-ass questions, like, non-stop, which is super sick, dude. I really appreciate it. So we're going to answer as many of those as possible today in the time frame that I have and things were just picked at random like no i don't even know what questions are being tossed my way it was literally just a, a compiling of all the questions that i felt i could fit in just kind of a you know um i i had the uh the questions sorted through in a way that any duplicates would kind of not get you know asked twice and things like that but other than that, it's basically just kind of a, here's your damn questions. And uh, so we're going to get through uh, the emails and, and the questions. And uh, I'm going to answer as many as possible in the time frame. And it's going to be really cool. I really appreciate uh, everybody so curious about things, man. That's cool. All right. So what happened, as far as I know, uh, the basic setup of this whole thing was that um, my assistant, Bree, fucking looked through all the emails and all the messages on the page and whatever and just sorted through everything so there will be no duplicates there will be no um repeat questions things like that so that all got eliminated then we just she gave me whatever she felt uh could be answered within the time frame of the show so that's what we're gonna do and then blue's just gonna read them off as they are and uh Anybody that wanted to be anonymous was told to say so, and they did not, so it seems like it's all good there, which is cool. Um, so, we're going to get into this, mm -hmm. and I don't know what to expect. <laughs> um, me neither. I haven't seen the questions myself, and neither has Tatnus here, so we're both going to be probably in for quite a treat. Well, you're not the one that has to answer this shit, so it's <laughs> easy for you to fucking say. All right, fair enough. Shall we get started? All right, lay it on me, I guess. Uh, right. Now's as good a time as any. Okay, let's see. Question, uh, oh my, we got a lot here. It seems that way. All right, so let's start with this one. Nicole Ray Morgan from Kansas asks, Hi, Tatnus, have you burned any bridges that you regret? No, not at all. Um, that's actually a pretty good question, mm -hmm. honestly. Um, and I know her. Um yeah, I do, sort of. Mm -hmm. Kind of know her. Um, what's up? Uh, anyways, to answer that question, uh, no. Absolutely not. As far as I'm concerned, uh, most people, it's it's really, like, if I'm, I don't view it as burning bridges. If I get rid of somebody, there's a reason for it, and it's probably as a result of something that they fucking did. So... I don't regret that. As far as I'm concerned, they burned the fucking bridges. I just didn't put a stop to it. I just allowed it to happen. You know what I'm saying? I don't really feel like I need a whole lot of people in my life, and I've been fine by myself for so much of my life that, like, I don't fucking... I don't play no shit. You know what I mean? So, uh, if I'm going to burn bridges, though, I'll tell you right now, man, I am committed to it. So if I'm going to burn bridges, I'm going to fucking torch that motherfucker. And that's that. I, I have no regrets. So if I burn bridges, it's because somebody was toxic. And to me, it's not a bridge because it leads to fucking nothing good. So fuck that. All right. Uh, Monica Everett from Indi 
Indio, um, California, asks, what advice would you give someone trying to start a business? Shit. Uh, be persistent. It's not easy. And don't give up. And don't uh, expect things to happen overnight. And damn sure, and I tell people this all the time, your friends are always going to be the ones to tell you, fucking, you need to do this as a business and blah, 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 and it will fucking do so well and whatever. So you're going to get gassed up. You're going to get hyped, and you're going to want to do that shit because you think that you're going to fucking immediately start off with the ball rolling and successful. And I'll tell you right now, nine times out of ten, those fucking friends ain't going to be supporting that business at all. It's easy for them to say when they don't have to support the shit. So... Don't get too hyped up and then jump into it thinking that, you know, the second you start it, it's going to take off because those same people ain't going to support shit. You're basically at the mercy of strangers that you want them to see uh, the value of your business and support it. So that doesn't come easy. And believe in your business and whatever it is you're offering, because if you don't, why should anybody else? You know what I'm saying? So you always have to... Uh, really stand by what it is you're offering and fucking make people see the value in it. All right. So Donna Perry Brooks from Seattle um, asks, what does Tatnus do for fun? Um, shit, good question. Um, I don't know. See, for me, what I view as fun, most people view as work. So it's kind of a... but. I mean, everybody knows I love the gym and shit like that. To me, that's fun. To other people, that's like brutal fucking, uh, you know, daily, I have to do this shit. Um, but for me, that's fun. But I mean, occasionally video games or movies or whatever and, uh, you know, fucking go out, drink, whatever. Uh, nothing earth-shatteringly profound. Like, <laughs> I, I don't know, man. I'm pretty low-key like that. But when I do party, I party pretty fucking good, so... Um, I don't know, whatever the mood strikes at the time, I really, it's whatever I'm into at the moment, I guess, like, um, again, for me, it's art or the gym or just kind of sitting around chilling, listening to fucking music and, you know, whatever, but that's about it. Yeah. So Mark J. Collar from Ottawa, um, by the way, if I say anyone's last name's wrong or whatnot, I do apologize in advance. I mean, my own last name is kind of hard to pronounce, so yeah. I get where it comes from. But anyways, Mark from Ottawa asks, Hey T, love the show, man. What tips can you give for training in the gym? I was thinking about keto. Your thought. Thanks and keep up the great work. I really don't advise people to do that. Um, the keto bullshit is so fucking... It's just another fad fucking diet bullshit. And quite frankly, the only people that really need to worry about keto diets are people that are suffering from fucking seizures. So stop. people need to stop thinking carbs are your enemy because they're not. And if your workout plan involves weightlifting, you're going to fucking want carbs for energy, bro, and for recovery. So people need to get over this if it's all carbs or no carbs at all shit. And stop with that fucking garbage because it's fucking not healthy. Your brain needs carbs to function. Your body needs carbs to repair, to rebuild, to get bigger, and fucking just to function in general. That's why they exist. There's such thing as clean carbs like sweet potatoes, rice, you know, things of that nature that are good clean carbs that aren't going to pack on a bunch of fat. Anything white flour, shit like that, cut that out. And, uh, you know, anything whole wheat that's 100% whole wheat, things like that, you're good. So it, carbs are good, man. You need that shit for energy or you're going to be sluggish as shit. 
and people always find, oh, I'm on keto and blah, 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 and then their fucking, their personal best weights that they normally lift start to drop, and they're like, where's all my strength and energy going? Well, it's the lack of fucking carbs. You know what I mean? Because your body doesn't recover just from protein. Muscles don't rebuild just from taking protein after your fucking workout. You got to have carbs in there. That's why I use like a mass gainer after my workout. So it has a good amount of clean carbs. And uh, the kind I use is very high end. So all the carbs come from like extract from like sweet potato and like healthy shit like that. Even regular potatoes are fine. Uh, whole wheat pasta is a good one. Um, they're all clean. Uh, stay away from white flour shit the best you can. And uh, just get to know what carbs are no good and stay away from that shit. That's pretty much it, man. Mm-hmm. Amy Walsh from Peterborough says, Hi, Tatness. Big fan here. It's well documented that you love rap and hip hop. Who are some of your favorites? P.S. Your voice is sexy. Keep the great show coming. <laughs> I agree with you, Amy. <laughs> Holy shit. Um, well, thanks. I mean, I guess, like, that's, uh, I don't know what to say. Uh, favorite rappers? Oh, shit. That's good. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's kind of an open question, so I'm going to give you a little bonus here, and I'll fucking say between, like, the newer shit and then, like, legend shit, man. Um I would say for Legends, obviously, Pac and Biggie, you can't fucking even have a conversation without them. Um, KRS-One, definitely. Uh, fucking Big Daddy Kane, fuck, dude. There's so many that are so, like, without them, this shit wouldn't be anywhere today. So, um, I love Cube. Uh, Dre's a really good producer, but, like, rap-wise, I you know, he's the first to admit he's not a rapper, but... Producer wise, definitely one of my favorites. Uh, Easy E for sure. And now on the newer side, because there's so many of the older ones, man, that I could get into that I'm going to forget some of them. Uh, the newer shit, that's not new, but it's not like way, way, way back. Uh, I'd say fuck. Um, let's see. Who do I really dig lately? Like, game I've loved since he came out. Uh, fucking. Yellow Wolf? Yellow Wolf's dope, man. When I want something eclectic and, like, different, um, definitely. I love Tech 9 um, Hobson's dope. Uh, Exhibit. Uh, Method Man. Red Man. Fucking DMX. Fuck, I'd like to see him kind of get better and, you know, fucking get back to it. Uh, fuck Wu-Tang as a whole, for sure. Um, and they've been around for a long ass time, of course. So that goes in the legend category. Nas goes in the legend category for sure. Um, shit, man, there's so many, but that's just some. All right. Brandon Kresticky from San Jose says, what up, Tatness? I met you a while back at an event and you were chill, man. We talked about all sorts of stuff, and I remember you are a big Eagles fan. Not really a question, just wanted to say they won the Super Bowl last year, homie. I bet you were losing your mind. <laughs> yeah, they did, and I vaguely remember you, man. Um, yeah, dude, that fucking, I was so stoked. Halfway through that game, dude, I was like, don't fuck this up, because it started to go the other way, and it started to get tied up, and I remember fucking, like, if they blow this now, dude, I'm not going to be fucking happy. But thankfully, they secured the win, and yes, dude, you're right. I lost my shit, dude. I was so happy. (laughs) All right, so Cliff Hanlon from Galesburg, Illinois. Hey, Tines, love your show. 
The party episode was sick. It brought back memories of a rager I had back in the day. Any stories about parties that got really strange? Oh, thanks a lot, dude. Um, shit, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Always, wherever I'm involved. There's the old fucking saying when it came to me that back in then, especially, if you could get the cap off a fucking bottle, you could get me in trouble. So, mm-hmm. um, fuck, dude. There was a really fucked up party. I was like 17 uh, at this party. My boys were all fucking like, tw- like the oldest one, it was his birthday and he was turning 23. And uh, it was like all these cats from high school and shit. And uh, this was like 11th grade for me. So I was uh, at this party, and these are all people I'm I'm super tight with, and uh, I got really fucked up, and it was a mess, dude, Uh, like in the best possible ways. Um, My buddy, I don't know why, it was his birthday, it was his party, his brothers should have been fucking kind of catering to this and taking care of the guests and shit, it was their idea to have this party, and instead, here he is running around like fucking getting drinks for people and taking it to them and shit and this is all in their basement and uh so he hands me his drink and he's just like here man hold this and make sure nobody drinks out of it so this chick that he was kind of like i don't know not really on great terms with but his brothers were it's just a weird situation i wasn't on good terms with her because of the bullshit she was pulling she comes up i'm fucking loaded and she's trying to talk to me to kind of get me to be cool with her again and all this shit and I, you know, I'm a pretty forgiving cat, so, like, I'm listening to her bullshit, and we're kind of okay, and, uh, you know, he, he told me, like, make sure nobody drinks my shit, so I'm standing there listening to her, and I start drinking it, <laughs> and then she's like, what is that? It looks pretty good. I'm like, yeah, it is, and she's like, can I have something? I'm like, sure, and I, <laughs> so this motherfucker, every time he walks by, he's kind of looking at me like, why does my glass look like it's a little bit lower? And he's going and taking drinks back and forth to people and shit until he finally comes back and he sees the two of our drunk asses trying to drink out of it at the same fucking time. (laughs) And he's like, what the fuck are you doing, man? I asked you to fucking watch my drinks and no one drinks it. And here I find you and someone else fucking trying to drink it. Um, it, There was so much shit that happened that night. It was so funny. Um, My buddy's brother, who I was really close with, uh, they lived across the street from a grocery store. So when we ran out of some mixers and shit, he would be like, you're coming with me. We're going to go get mixers. And I'm like, I am in no fucking condition to be going out in public anywhere. But all right, <laughs> you know, so we go. And after I think the second time, it was really weird. You know, like grocery stores have um, the bulk sections of candy and stuff like that. Well, somebody, I guess, threw a bag together of M&M's and decided like while they were shopping i don't want this they threw it on the shelf and they fucked off so we go down the aisle he's looking at shit i don't even fucking turn my head i just out of the corner of my eye i guess i don't know i was really fucking wasted 17 and fucking tanked um i see out of the corner of my eye this fucking like clear plastic bag of m&ms that look like they were just abandoned and i just without looking just grab them off the fucking shelf and i start eating them and uh so we get to the cash, I'm standing there eating them, and fucking, he's paying for the drinks and shit. And we get outside, and he's kind of looking at everything to make sure he didn't forget anything. And he stops, and he looks up, and he sees me, and he's like, where the fuck did you get those? And I looked at them, and I got concerned and confused. I was like, I don't know. <laughs> I was like, I, I honestly had no recollection of where I got them. Fucking, I never remembered grabbing them, nothing. I was just like, once that question was put out to me, I was like... 
oh shit, I have no idea where these came from. Oh no. I was fucking wrecked. And then, of course, he wants me to go back to the fucking store with him like an hour later. And because uh, you got to figure, we had like 30 plus people there. So we're running out of mixers and shits left, right, and center. This grocery store is open all night, 24 hours. So fucking, you know, he's like, you're coming with me. And I'm like, cool, maybe I can get some more M&Ms. <laughs> and, oh. <laughs> and, and somebody's like, what is he talking about? And he's like, I don't know, don't worry about it. And like, fucking, we're not getting into that right now. Mm-hmm. Oh, it was such a fucking, like, the whole thing was a mess. It, oh. I was, and then my buddy tied my laces together when I wasn't looking. And uh, I couldn't, you know, I moved my foot forward and I felt like tugging. I looked down and my buddy's brother being a dick, he saw I was sitting on the end of the bed fucking wasted. And so he tied my laces together. So I, I couldn't get them undone because I'm too wasted. So I just took my shoes off and I chucked them over the, uh, they had their uh, entertainment centers for their TVs and shit back to back to divide the basement for each of their bedrooms because the two brothers live down there. And uh, so I threw them over the fucking entertainment center, and I guess I hit my buddy in the fucking forehead with my shoes, because all I heard is smack. Ah, fuck. Who the fuck's throwing shoes? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was pretty good, man. Uh, oh, it was a man. fun fucking time. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, and then there's this chick that I was, like, kind of eyeing the whole time, and I I remember saying to my buddy, where'd the fucking hot chick go? And it turned out she was sitting right beside me the whole time. And wow. she heard every word of that. Because oh. I wasn't exactly quite. I looked you beside weren't discreet. Me. I looked beside me. I jumped like, oh, shit. And she, Probably <laughs> smiling. It was funny as fuck anyway. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> All right. So Donovan J from Oakland. Uh, what up, T? When you going to do a show about hip hop? I like hearing a white boy from T.O. knowing his hip hop history. Respect. Oh, shit. It's well documented, I guess, eh? Mm-hmm. Um, fuck, man. It's going to be soon, I think. And I'm going to get into shit that, like, nobody talks about. I'm going to get into some shit from 96 that, like, literally nobody ever talks about. And that's fucking one of the best things that I thought ever happened in that time frame was uh, that fucking super group, man. Group therapy. That was fucking crazy. Uh, I thought that was the coolest shit and. I know Blue don't know the none, none of this shit. I don't, sorry. But uh, Droop Therapy was like a fucking super group of East and West rappers. Fucking, we're talking Dre, we're talking Nas, fucking Be Real from Cypress Hill, KRS-One, all working together to kind of put a stop to this East versus West shit because of Pac and Biggie's death. So it was such a cool fucking, like, uh, come together and put a stop to all that fucking nonsense, man, so no one else fucking dies from this bullshit. And I thought that was really fucking great. So I want to talk about that shit. And just a bunch of, like, history of rap and shit, because a lot of people don't know fucking... You know, they just listen to this garbage that's out now, and they're like, oh, fuck. They have no idea what the hell came out way back in the day, right? Mm-hmm. So, And I, I remember fucking living that mixtape shit, man. Fucking, uh, you know getting all these mixtapes from friends of mine. They're like, yo, you got to check this out. And it would be like this super fucking like crazy mix of all these New York rappers and shit that were huge that are now fucking legends and shit, man. It's so cool. It's such an exciting time back then. Mm-hmm. You couldn't wait for the next shit. We were just talking about this tonight. So Yeah. Um, actually, I just want to say there's a great show on Netflix right now that we're both into, Hip Hop Evolution. Check yeah, it out. Yeah, everyone. we're not plugging fucking Netflix, man. <laughs> Fuck Netflix. <laughs> canceling everything i do enjoy all right fuck them all right so christina branson from newburyport massachusetts hello tatness i love your show i have read about your life and you wow me you inspire me 
When you blew up and achieved all your goals, did you intend to inspire people? P.S. You're so hot. I agree with you, Christina. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks so much, man. Um, Honestly, no. I mean, is that a thing? Do people really do that at all? Like, when somebody, you know, decides to work their ass off to become successful, I mean, like, does somebody say, I'm going to inspire the masses? Like, what kind of (laughs) douchebag... fucking thinks that way oh. or thinks that highly of themselves like anyone's gonna give a shit mm. I, for me dude it was just like i came from a bad place and living on the streets and shit at 15 shit like that mm-hmm. and just you know perpetually doing shit dead-end jobs and things and i was like i always felt like i needed more than that and i was like always somebody that i had to do things my own fucking way and i always wanted to uh just do what i want to do and enjoy you know my life and do what the fuck i enjoy and not do this like waste so many hours of my life making other people rich and doing shit that fucking is like physically draining mentally draining stressful you know what i mean and and having motherfuckers that are rich that you're doing the dirty work you're making their dreams come true and they're treating you like it's a fucking privilege that they're letting you do that shit fuck that Mm -hmm. so I mean, that's awesome, man. Thanks so much. Like, that's fucking crazy to think that, like, my story is going to affect somebody else in that way. But that was never the intention because I don't think that fucking highly of myself, like, people are going to fucking know who I am. That was never really what I had in mind. It just kind of, you know, snowballed in that direction, I guess. Mm -hmm. And now here we are. So. All right. Jay Kennedy from Yakmina, Washington. Again, apology for my bad pronunciation. What is the meaning or origin of the the name Tatnus? Oh, dude, that was um, Niagara, I believe. Probably about 2012 when I was a tat artist predominantly for my fucking living in the Niagara area. And a client of mine that I got kind of cool with because I did a lot of their work. They went and they got Bam Margera's uh, autograph done on their arm. And they came to me to fucking get it done. And I was like, okay, that's crazy. Because two of them met him the night before and they got their arm signed. And they came to me and was like, make it permanent. And I was like, okay. So, uh, one of them just, that was kind of a name they kind of labeled me as, and then other people picked up on it and just stuck, and I was like, alright, I can work with that, because I'm inked up, and I'm fucking an artist, I'm a tattoo artist myself, so it just made sense, right? Mm-hmm. And it just stuck, and then it just became how I was known by so many people, that it was just like, alright, cool, I could work with this. So, I mean, not exactly earth-shattering, or interesting, you know, but there it is. Mm-hmm. Tamara Jenkins from... Many Fee, California. Hi, Tatnus. This is a this question is a two part parter. What advice would you give someone who wants to do big things with their life but doesn't know where to start? And the second question is for Blue. Oh, oh wow! <laughs> Look at you getting some love. Oh, you. thanks. What's it like working to Tatnus each week? He seems to seems like a really fun guy. I love you guys. Thanks for the laughs and the entertainment. Thank you, Tamara. Well, thanks so much. Um. What was the first part of the question? Um, what <laughs> advice would you give someone who wants to do big things with their life but doesn't know where to start? Oh, man. It, that's the hardest part, isn't it? Is fucking starting out. Um, starting out is always the hardest because it's like, where do you begin? Uh, small steps, man. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Every big thing starts at the bottom and you work your way up. So figure it out. Plan what you want to do. And don't fucking doubt yourself at all. 
and, and that's the biggest part. Figure out what you want to do, plan it, plan for all the shit that could go wrong, and have a plan for that. And that is the best start. Uh, write things down. And, you know, at the end of the day, constantly work on your mindset. You have to be sick and tired of not being where you want to be. You have to be fucking fed up with not being the best and fix it. You know what I'm saying? And work your ass off. Don't worry about what other people are doing. Don't fucking worry about what other people's opinions are. And don't expect people to believe in what it is you're trying to do. Make them fucking believe in what you're trying to do. And that's the big thing, man. That's where it all begins. Mm-hmm. All right. So um, in terms of what it's like working with Tatnus, I have to say I absolutely love it. He is the most easygoing and most fun person to work with. I look forward to working by his side every week because he is like my best friend and it's just so much fun. It's never stressful and it just it's so much fun. He is like one of the best people I have ever worked with in my life and I look forward to it. So it is as much fun as it is that you can hear on the show. It it's exactly what it is. That's a really long worded way of saying he's an idiot. <laughs> no, he is not an idiot. So please ignore that. That is not nice. <laughs> All right. Candace Dawson from Stony Creek. Hello Tatnus. Will Tatnus Co be offering thongs in the future? If so, can I model them for you? Oh my. <laughs> um Shit, uh, that was something I planned on long ago, but I wasn't really... It, it's a hard thing to market, because it's such a small thing, right? That it's like, really, how much marketing can you do on that? Because everything's branded, but I, if I find a way to make it not just like, you know, anything you could find in any other store, and kind of put my own thing on it, then yeah, maybe... As far as the other, that's a fucking, that, I'm not sure how to take that question. <laughs> are we talking like professional modeling, like the rest of my clothing, or are we talking for me specifically? Oh. <laughs> I don't know how to answer that. Yep. Um, but as far as like, you know, professionally modeling shit like that, I wouldn't because unless it was like in the classiest of ways, like the rest of my models, as you can tell, mm -hmm. nothing was like straight filth. It was all done classy and like you know um and that that was kind of the terms i had my models put their own personality into the modeling pictures and said get creative do whatever you want just keep it classy you know what i mean i don't want nothing like trash so i don't know I, well i guess there could be a way to do it like classy but you know cross that bridge right but yeah so maybe in the future i might come out with some so stay posted basically <laughs> yep Rob Merrick from Maple, Ontario. Hello, Tatnus. I'm a huge fan. You seem to have a certain confidence in your decisions to cut people out of your life. As someone who struggles to part way with toxic people, what advice can you give on how to make it easier? Ooh, that's oh, that's a good well, one. First of all, thanks for listening to the show so much and being such a fan. That's cool. Um, advice that I could give is know your worth, bro. Um, honestly. Uh, I, I'm confident in my decisions because I don't make them overnight. If I cut somebody out of my life completely, you best believe there's a fucking reason for it. And it was a long time coming. And just because I don't say something to those people doesn't necessarily mean that I don't know the shit that they're doing or saying or whatever the fuck, right? Mm -hmm. I, I gauge people. I make them kind of like police themselves. 
Because to be in my life, it really requires only two simple things, common fucking sense and personal accountability. Mm-hmm. If you're not going to take accountability for the shit you do and you think I'm supposed to just be cool with it or because I don't call you on it, that I, I'm not paying attention, you know what I'm saying? So you figure you can like take that step to kind of push it a little further, a little further. Uh, that's when I'm like, no, nah, we're done here. Uh, I, like I said, I'm a pretty fucking independent kind of cat. So I don't really have time for people's bullshit. I'm, I've got so much shit that I do and with my career and whatever, like especially at the height of the career, it was like you're so busy all the time and you're traveling, you're fucking doing all sorts of shit. You don't have fucking time for people's bullshit because what little personal time you get, you want to fucking share that personal time with people that really respect it and really appreciate it. And if people are going to treat you like fucking you don't really, you know, matter to them, it's just a time killing type thing or whatever, they don't respect you, fuck them. You know what I'm saying? So, when I cut people out, it's first of all, I don't fucking chase people. So, if people start to kind of disappear, so be it. Stay fucking gone. I don't give a fuck. I really don't. And if you want to spin it and think that because I'm not chasing you, I'm ignoring you or whatever the fuck, so be it. You know what I'm saying? But the thing for me, too, is, like, life, I think Bree hit it on the head and said, like, your life, unfortunately, it seems now, since becoming successful and things like that, uh, your so-called friendships often end up feeling like business transactions. And that's no way to be. You know what I'm saying? So, or you're just, like, helping people kill time until something else comes along for them. And I don't really play that shit. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've recently had to cut people out because they decided that they no longer fucking had the time to talk to me because they wanted to relive some of their fucking life's mistakes. So, fuck them, you know? Mm. Goodbye. Yeah. All right. So, Thomas R. Ledge from New Cumberland, PA. How do you stay motivated to work out as much as you do? Any tips? Um, first and foremost, enjoy it. That's, like, really what it is. For me, it's therapy, man. For me, I could throw on my headphones, I could focus on my workout and just forget the bullshit of the day and just enjoy the process. Not to mention, you can't look at the, you know, you can't look at working out like there's an end date where there's like this end goal. You have to enjoy the process and the road there to what you're trying to achieve. And once you reach it, you're going to try to surpass it anyway. So you might as well enjoy the process. And for me, that's what it is. It's, it's not working out, really. It's like, yeah, it's heavy. It's hard fucking work and whatever. But it, I enjoy the shit out of it. It helps me clear my head. Helps me forget the bullshit that's on my mind. And, I, you know, and when you start to see results, too, uh, more so, you're going to be more motivated. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Samantha K. from Barrie, Ontario. Will you marry me? <laughs> right now? Like, I'm trying to record a show, damn it. <laughs> she, hey, she wasn't specific, so... <laughs> uh, from where? Barrie, Ontario. Are you kidding me? Mm-hmm. That's hilarious. Um, yeah, I'm kind of busy. <laughs> He'll get back to you on that, Samantha. <laughs> yeah, yeah we'll, we'll call that one, uh, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> down the road a little bit. Mm-hmm. I'll get back to you. Uh, just so you know, I have no desire to ever live in Barrie, Ontario again, so... <laughs> There's that. <laughs> All right. Kyra Lawson from Atlanta. Hi, Tatnus. Your voice is so comforting. 
There's something about your voice that melts me. Any now, anyway, now for my question. When you meet fans, are you a hugger or a handshake guy? <laughs> well, that's weird, man. People keep saying that weird shit. Like, I've, I've heard that before about, like, your voice just, like, kind of mellows me out and makes me want to sleep sometimes or, you know, whatever. It's so weird. I don't get it. Um, as far as the question goes, and thanks for the compliment, by the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's really cool. Um, as far as the question goes, man, it depends on the individuals. I, I'm everyone knows me as like a hugger type dude. Like I'm not, uh, you know, I, I don't have that weird like I, I'm in my bubble. Don't fucking come near me. <laughs> but it depends on the person, right? <laughs> like what they're into. So you know, if somebody's approached me and they're a fucking uh, supporter of my shit and they're like, can I have a hug or whatever? Sure, man. You know, so fuck it. Yeah. Why not? <laughs> if you're more of a handshake cat, then so be it. Then I'm fucking more than happy to do that mm-hmm hey whatever fl- suits the situation and don't worry he's very approachable it's an interesting question too i've never heard that mm-hmm. it's kind of cool all right cassandra lennon from london england hi tatness on one of your recent shows blue said you're known for being a great cook how do you cook work out draw write design clothing and host a show all so well they're such different things oh shit well thanks so much um I didn't know I do any of those things well. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, honestly, uh, for me, everything I do, I don't know, like my mind is programmed a certain fucking way. And I can't really explain it very well, except to say that uh, anything I do like that, I view it as an art form. So, because art is such a big part of my life, it's something I really enjoy. Uh, everything I do is an art form. Like with cooking, to me, it's like, like when I do art, for example, I don't know how to explain what my brain does, but like I could just see colors that will work together when other people are like, why would you mix this and this and whatever? And then when it's done, they're like, holy shit. And it's like, I just, I just know what's going to work. And I don't know how, I don't really like get a visual of it. It's just instinctive and it works. And then with food, it's like the ingredients and things like that, the herbs, the spices, the seasonings, things like that are like my colors. And I know what's going to complement what somehow I just do. And I just enjoy the process. And to me, it's like art. And then with working out, it's like you're chiseling your body, man. You're fucking sculpting yourself. So that's an art form in itself. You know what I mean? Like, so everything I do, I just view it as art and... It's something that keeps me motivated to do it and passionate about it, I guess. Mm-hmm. So I guess that's the best way to explain that. Yeah. Cool question, though. Mm-hmm. All right. Sarah Anders from Boardman, Oregon. Hi, Tatness and Blue. First, I want to say thank you for such a great show. I listen to it religiously, and I listen to them over again uh, while I wait for new episodes. Tatness' voice has become part of my daily routine. I was wondering how much work goes into a radio show. Well, thank you for the compliment, yeah, Sarah. Yeah, thanks so much. And yeah. Blue's getting some more love. That's cool. Oh, thank you. <laughs> um, shit, man. A lot of fucking work. More than I ever knew, to be honest with you. Uh, it's not just editing and stupid shit like that, which does take an extremely long time. Ugh, yes. Uh, but, you know, you, there's all the overthinking. Are people going to give a fuck about this subject? Or, you know, do I have enough to say to fill up a time slot with this subject? Mm-hmm. Is this relevant? Then there's the marketing and, like, fucking promoting and putting it on each platform uh understanding your terms with certain platforms and what you can and can't do uh i don't think people realize when you have an uncensored show you really have to 
Everyone knows me, man. When I talk, I could drop quite a few uh, expletives, let's say that. Mm. And that's fine for an uncensored <laughs> show, but sponsors kind of sometimes want you to pull the reins back just a bit so it's not overboard. So that way they can still use you as a platform to market their products and, and things of that nature without thinking that uh, anyone that associates their product with your show is going to be offended. So they expect you to kind of have a little bit of self-restraint. Sometimes I'm great at that. Sometimes I'm fucking awful. Uh, <laughs> so there's a lot of that, too. So I have to go back and edit sometimes. And if I catch myself, you know, dropping too many F-bombs, things like that, I have to cut some out and, you know, to keep the sponsors happy and shit like that. So it, there's so much stuff. And that's not even half of it. That's just, like, there's way more work than I ever anticipated. But I love it so much. It's been so much fun. And the fact that the world seems to give a shit what I have to say, it really blew my mind. And it kind of got me really comfortable with all the workload. And it just keeps my mind off of, like, my own personal shit anyway. I like to keep my mind busy. Um, I never thought in a million years that, you know, having this show and everything would get people that I've never met to want to marry my ass but <laughs> so there's a little more work in it now than there ever was uh, <laughs> but um no it's it's really fun but I think if people want to try to explore that avenue really be prepared for the amount of work that goes into it because like I fucking had no idea just how much I you know and you do have people that you have to answer to in a way not just your listeners because you got to keep them happy but your sponsors and things like that once you get to that level and i mean a lot of people are nowhere near that level mm -hmm. like they're they're doing it as a hobby or whatever the fuck and maybe a couple people around their block listen to their show or whatever uh maybe a few people off facebook whatever and that's great man that's a good start mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying i've been fortunate enough to be known for other things in my careers and you know my projects so i've been blessed with people still giving a shit about me and what i do so I have a lot of people that I feel like are constantly depending on me to put out shit that they're going to care about and doing things like this to interact with you guys the best I can. It, it, to me, it's a responsibility to you guys as the listeners because you don't have to support me. So you don't have to care about what I do, but you choose to. So I, I want to give back and touch base with you guys. So I put that workload on myself. I don't you know, say that's anybody else's responsibility. That's all me. But, you know, you do have certain contracts you sign, uh, you know, over certain websites, shit like that. And even with YouTube now, I had to change some things due to uh, new policies that they have and where, like, you could be sued large for each video if you don't make it perfectly clear that your show is not intended for children or if they feel like you're marketing it like it's for children and it's not, um then you could be sued for each video that is not child-friendly, stuff like that. So I really had to uh, go in and change my my settings to let the, the whole world basically know on YouTube that my channel is not for children. Mm -hmm. and so YouTube has it documented. My channel is not intended for children. I've even, uh, as far as the Facebook page goes... Um, made it non-searchable for anyone under 17 because I don't want young kids finding it and then having parents pissed off because of the profanity their kids mm -hmm. are listening to, things like that. My show is never intended. So all those things you don't even think about. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? There's a lot of work that goes into this shit. 
Absolutely. And it's uh, every day. Yeah. It's an ongoing process. Great question, though. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Sarah. All right. So Lisa Blanchard from Indianapolis asks, what is something women do that turns you off or annoys you? First of all, are you having a stroke reading these? <laughs> I told you. I'm sorry. My oh, pronunciation's man. bad. It's not the pronunciation. You're stuttering like a motherfucker, <laughs> tripping over your words and shit. Uh, what do women do that turn me off? Holy fuck. Um, that's a good question. <laughs> um, now, are we? I don't know if we're talking like in the friendship sense, you know, trying to get to know people. Like I said, trying to make friends when you're in a position like mine, it's a little bit difficult. Uh, or extremely fucking difficult. Uh, or even, you know, when, when dating and shit like that. Um, so I'll hit you with both. Answer for both. The one thing that drives me batshit insane, absolutely fucking banana sandwich, is mm. when you try to, like, you know, make friends with females and things like that, and they start talking to you like asking you shit and i get it my career is not exactly the most conventional it's pretty unique so i can understand the whole like so how long do you tend to be on the road for when you're gone doing that and whatever and i get that mm -hmm. but then to start asking well i guess there's a lot of money in that huh mm -hmm. and stuff like that i'm like would you ask your friend that works at starbucks these kind of questions you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm trying to be your friend. I am not auditioning to be your fucking husband. So that shit really weirds me out. Mm -hmm. And I, I know Blue fucking has seen time and time again how difficult I've had it with trying to be friends with females. And it turns out they want, like, a fucking relationship or some shit. Uh, you've seen it how many times now? Oh, my gosh. I've lost track. And, like, it weirds me out. Yeah. I don't like being smothered by people. And I don't fucking, you know what I mean? Uh, as far as dating goes and shit like that, um, I've seen some shit, you know, that, uh, let me just say for women, man, best advice I can give you, stop this shit. When you meet a dude, and I know everything's done over the internet these days and shit like that, there's apps for fucking meeting people, for dating, for making friends, whatever. When you meet a dude, for fuck's sakes, and you haven't even met the dude in person, you don't know who you're talking to, you meet him off a fucking app or fucking whatever, don't start bombarding him with pictures of your fucking kids, man. First of all, you're not going to win parent of the fucking year that way. It's dangerous. It's mm -hmm. stupid. And if you want a dude to run for the fucking hills, that's the way to go about it. Because dudes are not fucking trying to get to know you and immediately have your kids shoved down their throat like they're supposed to fucking, you know, fawn over them. And, uh act like you know your fucking future stepdad nobody likes that shit mm -mm. you know what i'm saying so knock that shit off women like seriously dude it's not smart mm -hmm. and you have no idea who you're showing your kids to yep so what words of advice from tatness here with the dating world i don't know why people do that stupid shit I don't know either. I mean... It's a fucking huge turnoff, honestly, and it's just dangerous. It is. I mean, I can't really say much in that department. I'm not a parent myself as of yet, but anywho. Uh, next question from Tamara Jane from Jolie, Illinois. Hi, Tatnus. New listener here. Love the show. My question is, what makes you so knowledgeable in business? Cheers. Oh, thanks so much. Um... I don't know about knowledgeable in business. I mean, I obviously do all right in terms of, like fucking i know my shit i guess uh you know i haven't been fucked over hard yet so <laughs> mm -hmm. uh man that's a great question um i uh 
I think I've found a love for business at an early age. I know few people know this story now about back in the day. Uh, my old man sold my fucking Nintendo when I was like nine, I think. Nine or ten or some bullshit like that. Maybe maybe ten, eleven, whatever. Um, and fucking, for some reason, you got to keep in mind, this is the 90s. This thing is the most archaic piece of shit. This motherfucker sells my Nintendo and fucking in an ad on the paper buys a fucking Commodore 64. <laughs> That's just bad business right there. Mm-hmm. That should have made me fucking start studying business and be like, how to not do stupid shit like that. <laughs> but... Anyways, anyone that doesn't know what the Commodore 64 is, it's like the oldest fucking computer system that was probably made out of stone. Mm-hmm. And it had these literal floppy fucking disks that you put in. And one of the games was this game called Lemonade Stand. And I was like, well, this is fucking dumb. Like, how lame is this? Oh, you sell fucking lemonade. And it's like literally a text-based game. It's just words. And uh, with a little stick diagram and whatever. So it was like, your goal is to sell your fucking lemonade and make money. I'm like, that's so easy. No. No, it's not. Because like business, when the demand picks up, you're naturally going to you instinctively want to rack up the price, you know, jack it up, and people will stop coming. So then you have the uh, challenge of, well, you're running out of lemons, you're running out of sugar, and the demand is picking up. So it's costing you more money to buy supplies. You have to up the price, but if you put it up completely, people are turned off. So you had to find a balance to make your money, stay po- you know, above in the positives, and uh, you know, stay profitable. And it was actually very challenging for mm. a kid like at 10, 11 years old. And it really got me hooked on business, and I was like, man, business is not fucking easy. And I just had a love for it. Then I grew up, you know, watching pro wrestling, shit like that, and you got these multi-billionaires like Vince McMahon and shit like that, that I always was more drawn to the business side of it rather than what you see on TV. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, how does one dude pressing flyers with his wife in a basement apartment become a multi-billionaire? And I just fucking fell in love with the business end of it. And I studied like everything he does business-wise and just all the marketing that goes in and the promotion and the, the brilliant mind that it has to, you know, you have to have to kind of become that successful from nothing. Mm-hmm. And that it just became something I was so drawn to Yeah, that I studied it, you know. So that, I think that's about it. Like that's pretty much where that started. Very humble beginnings if I do say so myself. So, um, this one is from Krista Nixon from Toronto. Hi, Tatnus. You're my favorite podcast host ever. OMG. I hope my question makes it to the show. It did. (laughs) Congrats. Congrats. With Christmas around the corner, do you have any holiday traditions? Love you. Keep up the great work, and hopefully you will come to Toronto for a meet and greet sometime soon. Oh, shit, man. That's crazy. Thanks so much. Mm -hmm. Um, That's a good question. I don't accept for... um, I don't know, little things that I think normal people fucking do. Like, uh, I, I love cooking, right? So I always make, like, a huge dinner for people, shit like that. And, uh, you know, um, I'm not a big, you know, baking guy, but I love cooking. So I do, like, a huge fucking elaborate dinner every year. Uh, and for me, a tradition is to help families that need it. Everyone knows this shit by now. And uh, I, I love that shit. And, you know, I always do it to fucking help as many people as possible. And, uh, you know, aside from that, you know, just normal Christmas stuff, I guess. Like, I don't really have any movies in particular I have to watch every year. Nothing like that. 
But I do like stuff that kind of keeps me in that mood. And one of the weird traditions is like, um, I don't have a fireplace, but uh, I, I put on the Netflix fireplace just for the, the image. It looks really nice. Ooh. You know, it looks pretty real. And uh, I don't know, with all the Christmas lights up and, and the fucking, you know, that fireplace thing going, it's kind of nice, dude. Mm-hmm. And it just, I don't know, it makes me happy. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. I'm a simple-minded motherfucker. <laughs> So, Sean Carson from Hamilton. Hey, T. I've been a listener since you debuted the show. I listen to it every way on the morning commute. My question is, are you retiring from MMA? Cheers. Thanks so much, man, for the support. Uh, Absolutely not. Fuck no. Um, I'm just kind of getting into the shape I want to be in uh, before I get back to it. And, of course, I'm not getting any fucking younger, right? But, uh, yeah, don't believe the hype, man. Just because I have taken, you know, everybody knows why I took some time away um when i got out to this Mm -hmm. province and shit too especially uh everything with my son and whatnot it's just the furthest thing from my mind was that you know i i did what i was able to do and help out financially with gifts and stuff like that and whatever so i was in a good spot i didn't need to worry about being on the fucking road with all that bullshit just in case something was to happen and i wouldn't hear about it or something so uh you know i've kind of had a year now to really accept that he passed and uh since then and you know now the goal is to keep making him as proud as i possibly can and uh get into the shape that i want to be in which i've always been in in shape but you know like i want to fucking really go past what i ever was and just when i come back i want to blow people's fucking minds and uh you know so don't believe anything you hear about me being done with it and the only way I'm done with it is if it's done with me. <laughs> if I'm, you know, quote unquote, too old for anybody, any promoters that don't want nothing to fucking do with my ass because they think I'm. But there's so many people that are well older than me that get into it a little late too, right? Mm-hmm. So I've established myself, and uh, I, I think I'd, I've done pretty fucking well. So I, I'll be back, man. Mm-hmm. And I bet we're all just waiting for that day. And so we have one from Sydney, Australia, Natalie. Ke- Kays asks, well, says, Hello, Tatnus. I love your show and that voice. OMG. <laughs> Again? <laughs> yep. <laughs> Common theme here. I bought a Tatnus co-jumper in 2016, and it's still my favorite jumper today. I heard about your life, and now, and now, will there be an autobiography? Will it be sold in Australia? Oh, thanks so much, man. Uh, yeah, you know about the autobiography. Yes, it will, of course, be sold everywhere um, that books are sold. It'll probably be mainly in an ebook format, so it's more accessible to everybody. Um, and thanks so much for the support, man. And uh, for anyone that doesn't understand, in Australia, a jumper means a hoodie. So that's what she's referring to. I don't know how many people understand, you know, terminology from I'm Australia. sorry, I didn't know. <laughs> yeah, so I figured I, if you, you know, I, I figure some people don't know. So for those of you that don't, that's what, so if you go on the fucking, you know, the site and you're looking for something called a jumper, <laughs> it's a hoodie, bro. Okay. <laughs> but they call it, you know, what they call it. They have their own terminology, just like the UK and Canada. We have our own things and US has their own, mm-hmm. you know, so. Yeah. yeah, but yeah, the book, the autobiography, when it's done, I will announce that, of course, and it will be accessible to anybody in the world. So, absolutely. Australia, don't worry. Mm-hmm. We got you. And thanks for the support so much, man. Mm-hmm. 
So Neve Baisley from Bolton, UK. Hi, Tatnus. With how strict you train, what is your go-to cheat meal? Oh, wow. That's a good question. And what's up, UK? Um, <laughs> I love the UK, man. They've been so supportive. Um, man, that's a good question. Uh, for me, cheat meals, like I'm still, I think, you know, anyone that's been around me during cheat meals knows that I tend to be as strict as I can be even during cheat meals. Uh, so I try to keep it still protein mainly. So I think one of my favorite cheat meals is like wings, you know what I mean? Cause it's still chicken, it's still protein, but it's not as clean as it could be, but it's a cheat meal. It's, it kind of scratches that itch, but it still keeps it on the protein side. So that way it's still kind of, uh, you know, going along with my goals. Uh, but we all have our days where we want to just let loose a little bit mm -hmm. and carb up some. And that's important too, because for your metabolism, sometimes you got to have a higher carb day to keep your metabolism guessing. So that way it keeps functioning. If you don't and you stay super clean, you know, strict every day, your body's going to catch on and, and your metabolism is, your metabolism's going to say, well, you got this under control. I don't need to work so hard. So you want to spike it every once in a while, the, you know, extra calories here and there once every so often, keep the metabolism burning, right? Like a furnace. So on those days where I really want those extra carbs, man, and I want my cheat meal to be fucking something I enjoy, I have to go with burritos. Mm. Like I go to a really good Mexican place and get a, a really decent fucking huge burrito. That is like heaven to me, dude. Mm, and great question yeah absolutely brent j from mountain view california what is the worst part of being a public figure people suck <laughs> and i don't mean like fan wise i mean like people that you once called your friends you know what i'm saying because when you had nothing they wanted nothing to fucking do with you and then all of a sudden you know you you become somebody and they kind of try to be slick and slide back into your life and act like they always supported you and always wanted to be your fucking best buddy and shit like that. And it's bullshit. It's absolute bullshit. And then there's people that you try to become friends with and it's like, you know, most of them only care about what they see on the internet or what they've seen you do in your careers and things like that. And they, they want to know the public figure. They don't fucking care about you as the person. You know what I'm saying? So that really sucks. And uh, just the way people get bitter. The people that you thought supported you. Um, going back to that other person's question, it ties into this one about like how do I determine who gets cut out. You would be amazed at how many fucking people, once you become successful, that you thought were your friends are wearing that mask of like, oh yeah, I support you. But the second something doesn't go their way or you don't give them a handout, that you find they've had all this shit to say about you in the vault, just waiting to use against you to, to fucking, you know, slander you and shit. And fucking, I, I can't stand when somebody that you thought was cool with you has all this shit on the shelf, just waiting to fucking trash you with it. And, and make all these fucking claims about you and shit like that, that fucking sucks. And you run into that a lot. Mm -hmm. So if you're looking to become a public figure, become successful in any fucking way, get used to being lonely, bro, because that's part of the territory. That's part of the sacrifice that you have to put into it, unfortunately. Yep. All right. Katie Simmons from Larned, Kansas. How much did your life change when you got your big break? Um... Man, big time. I mean, I, I'm still not used to this. I, I fucking do when 
when I was told that there was a ton of questions coming in, I was like, really? People give a fuck? <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? It, it blew my mind. And um, so I'm still getting used to that. And I don't know, like people keep telling me how humble I am. So maybe that's why it blows my mind because I'm not, uh, you know, I don't get it. But um, it, it changes a lot of things. Like I just addressed with that last question, like people that you thought were cool really show their true colors, man. You know what I mean? You don't hear from them fucking like for any reason. They never want to hang out with you. They never fucking want to give you their time. They've always got excuses why you're not important enough to fucking give you their time. And it's always bullshit. But then the second you fucking are in a position where you can do something for them, it's like, oh, well, suddenly I want to talk to you every day. Suddenly I want to fucking get your opinion on everything. Suddenly I want to kiss your ass and fucking give you my time. Now that there's no way that you're going to see me and you don't have time for that, you know, it, it's just, it's shitty. And people fucking show their true colors when you don't fall for it. And then they stab you in the fucking back. Mm -hmm. So, uh, and then they start trashing you and saying all kinds of shit about you and saying, oh, this person said that and fucking blah, blah, blah. Fuck all that. So, like, again, there's a lot of good positive changes and then there's a lot of negative. So, life changes quite a bit when you uh, reach your goals, man. Absolutely. JC Cudmore from Spokane, uh, Washington. Hey, Tat, what got you into the business world as well as an athlete? Well, I think I kind of addressed that for the most part. Um, but what got me into the business world was, uh, I think, again, at the right time, I got tired of remembering and, and fucking basically struggling to not go back to being, you know, on the street again like I was at 15 and uh struggling like that like fuck dude if you've ever lived on the street especially at 15 in the winter and you know what it's like fucking you you don't want to go back to that so eventually you get tired of being at the mercy of an employer making them fucking rich and while you stay poor and struggle so you kind of like say okay i know business how can I learn more about business and fucking use that to my advantage and do something with that for myself? And I think that's what it was that really drove me, not to mention, of course, my son was going to be born. And uh, at the time, we didn't know about his terminal condition or anything. So I really wanted to give him the best possible life. I wanted to give him uh, a business to take over when I was done or when I was gone. You know what I mean? And obviously, we know how that worked out. But... And it just carried on and it picked up and it snowballed and it just kind of fucking became, uh, you know, something that I took to so many levels and uh, it just, uh, I do it for him now and to help people in his name. So, you know, that's basically it. Yep. So Joanna Creveling from Denver, Colorado. Hey, ta hi Tatness. With all due respect to any potential ladies in your life, I just want you to know you to know you are a smoke show. <laughs> oh, thanks so much. Oh, yes. <laughs> For some reason, I have been curious about who your favorite actors are and favorite movies or genres of movies. Oh, wow. That's a cool question, actually. Mm -hmm. um, oh, dude, favorite actors. Holy shit. How much time do you got? <laughs> uh, I got to say Will Ferrell is definitely one of them. And anything he does, I love for the most part. Um Definitely. I, I think Step Brothers has to be one of my favorite movies ever. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, Anchorman has to be one of my favorite movies ever. Um, favorite actors, holy shit. I mean, Will Ferrell, fucking Robert England. Uh, 
Fuck. That's a great question. Mm-hmm. Um, I, there's a few actors I really dig. Um, I fucking, I don't know why Nick Swartzen's so damn funny to me. <laughs> the guy's a fucking idiot, and I love it. Uh, <laughs> um, but, like, more serious actors and shit like that. Uh, fuck, who is it, man? There's been a few that I really dig. Um, fuck, man. I don't, that's a good question. Favorite movies. Uh, again, I love Grandma's Boy. I could watch that shit a bajillion, I have watched that shit a bajillion mm-hmm. times. And, and you it, still laugh your ass it, off. It at never it. gets old, dude. Like I'll get a bunch of fucking people to watch it with me, and I'm like, this is still funny to me. Um, favorite movies, favorite movies. Nightmare on Elm Street. Everyone knows that. Halloween. Everyone knows that. Uh, yeah, man. Anything Will Ferrell does. Um, Grandma's Boy is fucking great. I recently saw a movie that I fucking loved. Mr. Right. That was a hilarious fucking movie. Uh, check it out. I know it sounds like a chick fucking movie, but it's not. So check that out. Uh, Ice Cube is actually one of my favorite actors as well because I, I just dig everything that cat does. Um, and uh, fucking even Twenty One Jump Street and Twenty Two fucking those were funny as fuck to me. And uh, especially that Korean Jesus. <laughs> oh my! Quit fucking with Korean Jesus. That was funny as shit, man. I love that shit. So, yeah, I mean, those are a few. And if I remember more, I'll address that down the road, and mm-hmm. uh, I'll get back to you on some more of those because that's a great question. There's so many. Yep. Um, I think we have time for one more question. There's a lot more, so I have a feeling this is going to be a two-parter. No, I'm fucking, let's just finish it out. Okay. Um, if there's not, like, a thousand more. Um, a couple more, I think. We'll make this an extra-long show just that's for you fine. guys. Kyle Atheron. Ton. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Clifton, New Jersey. How did you become such a great artist? Is it a talent or you, ju- you just have, or did it come with practice? Well, first of all, thanks so much, dude. Um, I, sorry I butchered your name, buddy. <laughs> I don't know that I'm such a great fucking artist, but thanks. Um, honestly, I don't think anything. Nobody's born just able to do what they do now. Like It obviously came with time. And I came from, like, as a lot of people know, a pretty fucking rough house, you know, uh, an abusive home in a way, and uh, in many ways. So, at an early age, for me, drawing was kind of something that uh, I I just, it it took my mind and it allowed me to forget what's going, or ignore what's going on around me, and it was my therapy for a while you know what i mean so like for that 30 minutes or whatever the fuck amount of time i i was drawing it was my safe space mentally to kind of ignore everything uh it started when i was like really young my older cousin who's three years older than me we were coloring in our coloring books and uh my grandmother looked at our work and fucking told me that my shit looked better. And I was like, that's a terrible thing to say, man. I felt bad for her. And I was like, that's not nice, man. And my cousin was like, no, it's true, though. Like, I went outside the lines. And I was in the mentality, because I was like five. I was in the mentality of like, you're older than me, so you're naturally better at everything than I am. And she was like, no, you actually did do better than me. I went outside my lines. Yours is so neat. And I think from just getting that little bit of praise, it was kind of like, oh, this is something I I might be good at, like people appreciate. So then it escalated from coloring to drawing because I wanted to create my own shit, right? And uh, then I got into comic books and stuff. And uh, so I started loving drawing superheroes and shit like that. And I always felt like, you know, 
that was my mental escape for a while and it just it stuck with me so whenever i need to mellow out like if i'm you know my mind is all over the place and i want to uh blow off some steam and just kind of but in an aggressive sort of way like it's that kind of like stress i'll go to the gym if i want to mellow out and just forget everything for a while i'll fucking draw and uh so it's like you know it's two different types of therapy which i i'm lucky i have those to fall back on to keep me sane i guess but uh, it definitely came with time like i wasn't drawing like the way i do now my style now was not what i was doing at six years old obviously so it comes with time i'm still learning this shit man so and uh, you know people years ago i remember people were like looking at my work and they're like man you know everything about art i'm like fuck no i don't and the day that i fucking stop learning i don't want to do this anymore because that's the fun of it is constantly discovering new things that work and like new techniques and things to kind of create different effects and you know uh so uh, yeah i i fucking i constantly am learning so i don't know how great i i i'm really critical of my own shit so i mean anyone that digs my work thanks so much mm-hmm. uh, but awesome question man and yeah. everything comes with time talent is one thing skill is another skill you have to work at to sharpen it and talent only takes you so far. So that's what I mean by like, yeah, maybe creatively I was born with that kind of artistic mind, but I had to work at it, you know, to get where I am now. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Good question, Kyle. Thank you. All right. This is from Jade Reese from Columbus, Ohio. Last year, I saw a video you posted about someone very close to you who lost a friend to suicide and you told everyone watching that they are not alone and that we can even talk to you if we feel like we have no one. This isn't really a question. I just want you to know that your message saved my life and I want to say thank you. Wow. Oh. That's heavy. Um, whew. Wow. I was not prepared for that. Um, wow. Thank you so much. Thank um, you, Jade. And uh, I'm so... Per- Dude, let me just uh. let me just say the world is a better place with you in it. So I'm glad you stayed. Mm-hmm. And you know what? Oof, I'm just still processing that. That's um, I I've, that's pretty heavy for someone to tell me that I saved their fucking life. That is a huge compliment. It's a huge like a, I guess relief in a way to know. Um, it's a lot of uh, responsibility in a way. I think um, I meant what I said in that video i remember what you're talking about and i just that person that's so close to me uh was dealing with people saying some pretty harsh negative shit about their friends saying they were a coward because they didn't stay and face their demons and shit like that and i remember saying like that's bullshit like fucking people struggle mentally sometimes and you hit a dark place and people don't get it it's like an ebb and flow it comes and goes in waves and like sometimes you hit that wall and you can't get through it and that's when you feel hopeless and fucking people make a, a permanent solution out of a you know, temporary problem. And that's really unfortunate, but you have to understand where they were coming from. And they, um, they, they had no hope left. So, and I know that I've been there myself. So for somebody to say that I saved their life when I know what it's like to be there, that's fucking heavy. And, uh, Wow. Uh, that means a lot, man. Thank you so much. And that's fucking, you know, that means everything to me. 
And I stand by it. If you ever fucking feel like you're in that spot again, reach out to me if you need to. I'm not too big to talk to my supporters, man. Absolutely. And I'm glad you stayed. So Thank you, Jade. That's just... Wow. Whew. All right. That one hit me hard. It, it, me too. I just... That, that was tough to process. Um, and, 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 like, that's fucking, like, such a compliment in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, for lack of a better term. Wow. Okay. Uh, Lauren B., Chicago, Illinois. I find myself struggling between my job and my social life. How do you fit all your business obligations, workouts, radio show, and a life? Shit, I'm still trying to process that last fucking... Um, man, you know, uh, again, for me, I have the luxury, if that's what you want to call it, of uh, being somebody who doesn't like to have time to think too much because it tends to bring up a lot of shit that I don't like to, you know, sit in and dwell in. So I try to, like, keep busy in that sense, and my mind never stops thinking of things to do uh and honestly it it's just like i've got this system where i'm like okay here's what i have to do this week you know what i mean this has to get done i have to do shows i have to edit them fucking get them out for your consumption for you guys to listen to i have to check on my business shit and design new things and keep this fucking product fresh and whatever I have to work out. That's it. Like, that fucking has to happen. And, of course, mentally, I need my breaks and my personal life. And, I, you know, make time for the few people that I give my time to. And, like, I know that there's no given timeline necessarily. Like, this is what I have to do for the week. So, it's on me to make sure that it gets done at some point. You know what I mean? I don't stick to real strict schedules. It's just at some point, I owe these things. And I have to see to it that that debt gets paid. So I make sure it gets done. I owe it to myself to do those things. I owe it to you guys to do those things. So it's like, here's my debt, and it has to be paid by the time the week's up. So I ha- it's on me to kind of fit those things in like a puzzle uh, to like, here's how it works. You know what I mean? We're doing this today. We're doing this. We're getting this done. And uh, so that's why, like, maybe the shows seem a little sporadic on what days they show up and things like that. It's because there's no fit schedule yet. I'm working on that. But right now, it's just like every week I owe myself, I owe you guys that debt of I have all these things to, to get done. And it's on me to make sure that they get done, that debt gets paid. And uh, so that's how I view it. I'm like, there's no excuses. Injury and sickness may be the only fucking exception for, like, the workout aspects, but... Thankfully, I never get injured. Um, I, I've been doing this training for so fucking long that my body's so into it that, like, I never... And I know my limits. I don't fucking ego lift and shit like that. So, but, yeah, that's how I view it is at the end of the week, all these things need to be accomplished to this level. And if it's not, then I fucked up and I can't have that. So, um, I, I make sure that I, at some point throughout the week, get those things done. And there's no excuses. So, yeah, I know it's tough, but I mean, you know, and thankfully I'm not a huge sleep guy neither, so that really helps. Mm-hmm. Right. Carly Fisher from Edmonton. Hi, Tatnus. I love you so much. OMG. Aw, <laughs> <laughs> oh, Thank nice. you. Thanks so much. You what are ins- you thanking motherfuckers for? You ain't me. <laughs> <laughs> Good God. <laughs> you inspire me, but what inspires you? 
Wow. Uh, again, there's a few things. First and foremost, my son uh, who passed. Uh, obviously, that was what really kind of made me kind of like shit or get off the pot, so to speak. Uh, again, um, fucking the idea of not ending up where I once was, where I had nothing. And honestly, you guys, man, and like your stories of like when people told you that you couldn't do shit and you fucking looked them in the eye and did that shit anyway, that fucking gets me going, dude. That really just like, yeah, fuck yes. You know what I mean? And that gets me fucking motivated to keep pushing, do even more than I already do. So you guys have a big hand in that, honestly. Uh, Just hearing you guys fucking your stories about overcoming some shit. And, I mean, look at that fucking trooper that said, I saved their life. That Mm -hmm. is crazy. But guess what? You saved your life. Because it was up to you to hear my words and fucking say, I'm going to do something with that rather than quit. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to take that to heart and I'm going to fucking feel like somebody cares about me. And you fucking, you know, that person overcame and decided to stay and fight that battle every day. That inspires the fuck out of me. So things like that, dude. Honestly. That shit makes me so proud of that person, and it motivates me to fucking, you know, really keep pushing forward myself. Yep. (laughs) Tyler Groves from Manhattan. Hey, Tat, does Blue ever get tired of your shit? (laughs) (laughs) LMFAO, you rock, man. Thanks for the amazing show and the laughs. I would have to say yes. Probably. (laughs) Uh, No. Honestly, Tyler... Thanks so much, dude. Ah. Um, but I don't know, man. I would imagine so. I'm I'm kind of like a pain in the ass to work with. And, no. Uh, no. And, and I'm, I'm fucking, you know. <laughs> don't listen to him, Tyler, and everyone else. <laughs> ah, he's a, Like I said earlier, I just love working with him, and there's never a dull moment with we, him. We've known each other for, like, about going on three years now. Yeah. So, you know, a lot of history there and whatnot, so I, I think by now she's used to my bullshit. Mm. But, <laughs> but thanks for looking out, man, and fucking being concerned about her well-being. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> All right. Chelsea Shea from Boston. Hi, Tatness. I just want to say I think you are living proof how amazing and adaptable human beings are. You inspire me and so many others. How do you deal with the detractors and the naysayers? Keep up the great work. Wow, thanks so much, man. That's heavy, too. Um, Honestly, I don't deal with them. Fuck them. (laughs) You know, here's the thing with me, man. Um, It's like I flip a switch because the way I grew up, uh, being on my own, basically, uh, when I'm done with somebody's bullshit, or if I'm done with somebody in general, uh, they can talk all the shit they want about me. I don't reciprocate. And when it comes to things like, you know, hell, I got exes that are fucking big time detractors and shit like that. I got bloodline that's fucking trash that fucking talk shit about me. And, you know, just detractors because of whatever. I don't give them a second thought, honestly. Once I'm done with somebody, I don't fucking give them another thought. I move on with my life. And they can sit and dwell and talk shit and fucking, you know, keep trying to get attention and whatever. It doesn't faze me because I don't hear it. I don't pay attention to it. If people bring it to me, I'm like, that's cool. I don't give a fuck what that motherfucker said. You know, do your own thing, man. Don't worry about what someone's saying about me. I'm grown. I don't fucking need to worry about it. 
I know what I've done. I know what I'm going to do. I know where I've come from and what I've come through and what I've accomplished in spite of it all. So somebody just saying negative shit because they're not where I'm at really doesn't fucking phase me. It doesn't change my circumstances. It doesn't change my position. It doesn't change my history or what I've done. It doesn't take away anything that I've accomplished. It doesn't take away from my current position. So why would I give a fuck? You know what I mean? Like, if I'm so busy wrapped up mentally worrying about that bullshit, then I'm not focused on where I need to be to maintain my spot or to advance my spot. So I don't fucking think about that bullshit. I just flip that switch. They don't exist to me anymore, and it's fucking on to the next. So that if that answers your question, <laughs> um, I, I, for me, it's pretty easy. So. All right. So we have our final question here for our session. From Chantel Silva. Hi, Tatnus. Big fan. I'm curious, what dating, dating habits have you encountered that turned you off? If you're on the market, you'd bracket, that might be a question. <laughs> <laughs> what would deter you from dating a woman? Holy fuck. Um, shit, man. Uh, thanks again so much for the kind words. Um, honestly... For me, the, the biggest turn-offs have always been stupid shit. Like, just, again, don't fucking shove your kids down people's throats. Uh, you know, classy is important. If you're not fucking classy, I'm not interested. Uh, don't try to relate to me so fucking much. Like, I get it if you're into fitness or whatever to a degree... And you know that that's kind of like my lifestyle. That doesn't mean I need fucking daily pictures of your stupid fucking salads and shit like it changed my life. I don't fucking care about that stupid shit. And it's so annoying. Blue's fucking trying not to blow a gasket because she knows what I've dealt with with people. Um, <laughs> you know what I mean? It, it's so fucking dumb. Like, congrats, you fucking put in a little bit of work and you fucking, you know, I don't need to see your fucking leafy greens every day. <laughs> Like, it's compelling, fucking, you know. Uh, man, again, you know, for me, uh, the biggest turnoffs have always been people that are just, like, you know, fucking so fascinated by what you do for a living rather than who you are. And shit like that, and trying to find, you know, that baby daddy fucking replacement, shit like that. Uh, but the biggest turnoff, man, talking mad fucking shit about your ex. Okay, first and foremost... If the first fucking conversation is going to be some sob story about what a piece of trash your fucking ex is, I got some bad news for you. I'm done here. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's how I've always been. Because I have witnessed firsthand, even fucking as of late, motherfuckers will say the most horrendous shit about their ex, making them out to look like a psychopath. And before you know it, they're fucking back kissing their ass and back with them and expect people to just be like, oh, that's cool. Uh, yeah. Okay. Fuck that. First of all, there's two sides to every fucking story. And of course, you know, you got that luxury of, well, this person's never going to meet my ex, so fucking they're never going to get to defend themselves. So I'm going to talk all sorts of bullshit about them and act like I'm just a victim and I'm a saint and I never did anything wrong. Relationships work two fucking ways. So to talk all sorts of shit about your ex, first and foremost, right out the gate, you're sympathy seeking and you obviously are not over your fucking ex. I don't ever talk about my exes except for fucking one. And that's because we're on great, you know, fucking we we're always on great terms right now, you know, because of a tragedy, we kind of parted ways. But like, I think it's understood like she's too proud to ever fucking ask me for anything if she ever needed it. But I think it's understood that if she ever hit me up and said, hey, I'm in trouble, I'm, you know, anything you need. She knows this. 
I'm sure of it. So that's family for life. You know what I'm saying? And But other than her, there's really nobody else that I bother with. Once I'm done, it, it's either we're civil or we're not. And if we're not, then peace. You don't exist to me anymore. On to the fucking you know, rest of my life. So for somebody to sit and talk shit about their ex, like they've done nothing fucking wrong in that relationship, it takes two to bomb a fucking relationship. I don't give a shit what anyone says. So, and of course, everybody always pulls that, oh no, doesn't, because he cheated on me, or he was abusive, or this, that, and the other fucking thing. Nine times out of ten, really, if you're to ask around, you're going to hear another side of the story. And, again, there's always two sides to every story, then there's the fucking truth. So, to sit there, I don't know what motivates people to talk so much shit about their ex, to make them look as fucking bad as possible, and then turn around and get back with them. And people are supposed to be like, oh, okay, cool. Really? You're an idiot. So, you know, that kind of shit immediately, I'm like, no, no, we're done here. Um, because that fucking is so immature. I don't fucking, have I ever met anybody and, you know, try to date somebody or whatever fucking in my life? I've never fucking sat down and said, okay, first and foremost, here's all the reasons why my ex is a fucking cunt. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I don't fucking mention my exes. I don't because that part of my life is over. I'm fucking not immature. I'm not going to sit there and trash them just because it's like something to do. I believe in either you stay friends with your exes and if that's not possible, then you move on with your life and you leave them the fuck alone. If they don't do the same and they want to talk shit about you, so be it. Fucking let them. And quite frankly, that's doing you a favor because the idiots that fucking believe that shit about you show their true colors and you don't need them in your life. So it's kind of like they're helping expose the trash. So you don't have to. But... It's a huge turnoff to fucking meet up with a woman and try to see where things go. And the first things out of her mouth are all the reasons why her ex is a piece of shit. Because you know fucking if this goes any further, there's going to come a time where if things just don't work out, it's going to be you they're talking about that way now. So I don't play that shit. It's a turnoff. It's fucking, it's not classy. And it's always like fucking, it's the same old shit. Every fucking person. I've not yet met anyone that trashed their ex that said, well, you know, I was no saint neither. I had my hand in the fucking failure of the relationship. So, you know, like, come on. How much am I supposed to buy? And again, seeing people fucking run back to, oh, this psychopath did this and did that and fucking has this and that going on and people doing this and that. And then you fucking end up back with them. Out of what? Desperation? Stupidity? Fucking sheer ignorance? Or are you just a liar? And now that fucking, you know, you want to run back to him. Oh, well, I mean, none of those things actually were that bad. No, none of those things actually happened. You're a fucking liar looking for the sympathy of a new man. And when you don't get what you want, fucking it's on to the next until nothing works out for you. Then it's back to the fucking, the the person that you talk so much shit about. It's not a good look. So immediately, that's a red flag for me. Um, And it happens way too often. So... I, for me, that was always a turnoff, and I was like, okay, someone's got X issues, and I'm not about that life. I, I, I like to stay drama-free the best I can. Sometimes that's, you know, uh, a problem that you can't avoid because mm-hmm. people bring it to you, mm-hmm. but I don't go fucking jumping nose first into, you know, fucking nosedive into people's fucking baby mama drama, fucking, you know, oh, my, my baby daddy's a piece of shit. Okay, cool. Sorry about your luck. You picked him. You fucked him. You know what I'm saying? You can't tell me this motherfucker was trash all that time, but you didn't know 
No, you fucking knew. You fucked him anyway. And when it didn't work out in your favor, now he's the lowest form of fucking life. And you're a saint. You're an angel. You did nothing wrong. And, you know, it's all them every fucking time. I'm so tired of that shit, man. So, to me, that's a real fucking turnoff. Because you know it's a matter of time. If you see this through, when, when shit doesn't work out, because that don't fucking fly with me, that's immature. And that don't work for me. So when things don't work out because they're not my type of person, I know I'm going to be the one fucking they're talking shit about to the next fucking sap that comes along. And he's going to be like, oh, what a terrible bastard. And, you know, I want to get laid. So I'm going to pretend I believe every fucking word of this and feel so terrible for you. I'll be that shoulder to cry. It's a fucked up cycle. I don't, I'm not about it. I, I prefer women that uh, I've always preferred women that uh, would just be like, yeah, you know, got out of a relationship. It didn't work out. And, uh, you know, that's that. Now it's time to maybe try to move forward. And, uh, yeah, okay, cool. I get that. You can't fucking, if you're going to had no emotional investment and that the reason why you're upset and just taking some time before moving on is because emotionally you're upset that it didn't work out because you like that person. You love that person. You miss that fucking person, but sometimes things don't work. I get that. But if you're fucking going to be out the gate like, oh, there's fucking Satan incarnate, well, you knew that shit. You know what I'm saying? I know far too many people that are like, oh, my baby daddy's a drug addict, piece of shit, this, that, and the other thing. You knew that when you fucked him, motherfucker. And It's nothing new there. <laughs> right? But now that it didn't work out, now you're exposing his dirty laundry like you had no hand in that kind of shit? Mm-hmm. I don't like that, man. That's a red flag. And, again, it's sympathy-seeking. It's everybody trying to play the victim. And I think it's just more class to say, yes, I came out of a relationship, as we all have. It didn't work out. So now I'm putting myself back out there, and I know what I want, and I know what I'm looking for. And uh, I think that's the way to be. I think that's maturity. I think that's class. And uh, I, I think trashing your ex every chance you get is just a fucking scumbag thing to do. And you're not fucking telling the whole truth. You're not telling your end of things and what you've done wrong. You're acting like it was all them and fucking, oh, dodge that bullet. Shut the fuck up. So that's my red flags that I, I'm really turned off by. So if somebody, if I was to be like looking to date people and that came across, nah, nah, I'm good. <laughs> I, 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 I sever ties right then and there. I'm like, okay, cool. Well, good luck with your search. You know what I'm saying? Just like that. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to be like, you know, disrespectful or whatever. I'll just be like, okay, cool. Well, good luck with, you know, hope you find what you're looking for because this ain't for me. Mm-hmm. That's about it. I mean, you know, I, I, it, it, that's the big one. I mean, there's small stuff that I could nitpick at, but nobody's perfect, man. No. But the big red flags, the deal breakers for me are shit like that where it's like, you know, I'm going to talk shit about my ex because, of course, he's a dude and everyone thinks dudes are such fucking assholes as soon as the, you know, it, it's such a fucking funny switch that some women, and keyword there, some, will flip at the drop of a fucking hat. They'll sit on fucking social media posting all this shit about, I'm a strong, independent woman and blah, 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 blah. But then when they meet a guy that they're interested in, they play the victim like they're so defenseless and some big, evil, fucking hairy monster fucking broke their heart and did all this evil shit to them and they weren't so fucking strong and independent then that they fucking put up with it for so long. Mm-hmm. Something don't add up there. No. So something's bullshit. Mm-hmm. So sometimes people need to just adult the fuck up and say, you know what? Things don't work sometimes. It's on to the next. And, you know, fucking it's unfortunate sometimes when things don't work. But 
you know, that's I, life. I don't have animosity towards the person. I'm not going to sully their fucking image to gain the sympathy of a stranger in hopes that that turns into something. I'm just going to say, hey, man, we all have a past. This didn't work out. You know, I, I think that's the better fucking move. And when people start playing that I'm a victim when it's convenient for me shit, I don't like that. Uh, that's the biggest red flag. And that's what would always turn me off. Of, like, I, I fucking was disgusted by dating. Uh, you know, fucking because of it. I, I fucking, it just was appalling to me. And I was like, no, nah, I'm, I'm fucking, I'm not about this. Because <laughs> you know? mm-hmm. it's so common. It's fucking sickening. And it's like, why do you think people use these apps and shit? Because that's the last resort. Because nobody else will fucking buy into their crap. So now it's like, let's go find the lowest of the low. And let's find, you know, a fucking cesspool <laughs> mm. to uh, dip our toes in and see what bites. And uh, it's not for me, man. Yeah. So, I, that's that's it, man. That's for, for me, that's the big one. The red flag. Second you start talking shit about your ex, you're A, not over him. B, you're full of shit. And, you know, or C, you're, you're fucking telling half-truths. You're not telling what you did wrong. And uh, let's be real. Every fucking one of us that have had a relationship where it went south, we all had a hand in it. I don't give a fuck who you are. You fucking were just as responsible as somebody else. And, you know, I think people need to own it a little more. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. All right. That's all the questions that we have. Thank you, everyone. Those were some fantastic questions. Was... And some of them were really heavy. Oh, uh, fuck, dude. I'm still recovering from that one. But oh, my I, I know it wasn't a question, but shit. Uh, thank you so much, everyone. Thanks so much, man. I, I don't understand why you all give a fuck about my mm-hmm. ass so much, but I appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it blows me away. I'm still not used to that. And uh, really grateful. And Absolutely. It was uh, really cool to be able to touch base with my supporters. And, uh, man, it's it's hard to do. So I figured this might be a great way to do that. And it fucking... I wasn't really knowing what to expect i wasn't prepared for how many questions and there's apparently a shit ton more this was just what uh my assistant thought i could get through in an hour and here we are at an hour and 30 so <laughs> uh fuck man that's crazy so i'll try to get some more uh, at another time yeah i think we'll definitely down the road do a two-parter of this i i fucking love this kind of thing man uh, f- me too and we love hearing from you guys and all the love man it's awesome it's crazy because i'm not used to it you know what i mean i never expected to get all that kind of love and then to see a couple people even acknowledge old blue here is nice i thought that was kind of you know (laughs) (laughs) you know that's fucking cool man so some people support blue's uh fucking end of things here and her fucking contribution which is dope thanks guys Uh, it's cool man i like that Mm -hmm. um but thanks so much for supporting everything I've done in my career, man, and all my fucking fields. Uh, it's crazy. All of my projects that I've been working on, it seems like you guys have followed everything and kept my ass fucking relevant, and I think that's really cool. Mm-hmm. I, I'm just a fucking dude from, you know, <laughs> a hard life that just turned it around, and I didn't think anyone would give a shit. I was more doing it for my own benefit, mm-hmm. uh, for my own sanity's sake, and, you know, uh, wanting to do better and fucking help people and give back i think that's so important mm-hmm. if you're going to become successful giving back to people that have nothing it, you know that made you successful 
uh, is really important. So I, I fucking am grateful that I can do that. And I'm really grateful that you guys care so damn much. So thanks so much, man. Thank you. For all the thought you put into your questions. I wasn't expecting any like earth shattering, profound fucking, you know, meaning of life type questions. It didn't matter what you asked. I wanted to fucking give you an answer. And you guys really put in some time and effort and took the time to ask things and uh, to give a shit. So I'm really grateful for that, dude. Mm-hmm. And thanks so much. And for all the compliments, man, and all the support and everything, you guys are awesome. Thanks so much. That's crazy. Like, I'm overwhelmed right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, fuck. I, I, just, I just can't believe that shit, man. <laughs> like, that's heavy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm still stuck on that one thing, but... Yeah. Uh, all of it though, just it's all overwhelming. I didn't expect this kind of like feedback and and, it's, and love. Yeah, dude, it's crazy. I never saw that coming from some kid that nobody wanted. You know what I'm saying? Uh, and now everybody cares, and that's fucking crazy. And it's like it's nice, man. I appreciate it so much. I love you guys. All right. So thanks so much, and I'll catch your asses down the line, man. All right. We'll see you next time. <laughs>